0: The Real Estate Sessions is sponsored by AdWorks. AdWorks makes digital advertising brilliantly simple. Choose your zip code and build your brand. Enter an address and promote your listings. Or upload your list and stay top of mind with your sphere of influence. And if you go to adworks.com slash Bill Risser, you'll do more than just build brand awareness or nurture your network. Right now, you get to save 15% off your purchase and I get to send 10% to the Colon Cancer Alliance, an organization that means a great deal to me. That's AdWorks.com slash Bill Risser.
1: You know, we're building our different um, audiences throughout these different platforms. Uh, One of our strategies for that is to be as organic as possible. You know, I know a lot of times people will follow to follow, uh, but, but we really try to be very organic and provide great content. And, you know, we found that it can work very, very well.
0: Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions where industry leaders share their stories and offer tips and advice to real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida. Hello again everybody. Welcome to episode 103 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. I am very excited to travel back to my the what was my home state of Arizona to talk to one of the top realtors in the very competitive North Scottsdale market. She's the founder of the Monson Luxury Group, Russ Lyons Sotheby's International Realty. Her name is Monica Monson. I've known Monica for quite a while. I've run into her at different events, uh, most notably Inman Connect style events. I know she loves you know, the technology, and we're going to talk about that in her business. Very excited to have her here. Monica, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Bill. I don't know if you're an Arizona native. We've never really had that conversation before. Did you grow up in Arizona, or did you grow up someplace else? You
1: know, I didn't grow up in Arizona. I grew up in a town in Northern California called Santa Rosa, about an hour and fifteen minutes north of San Francisco. But I have been in Arizona for sixteen years now, and. According to legend, if you're here for more than 10, then you're considered native.
0: <laughs> you can claim native status, right? So
1: I can claim native status.
0: Right. I'm thinking Santa. Is Santa Rosa near Petaluma, where they have the arm wrestling championship?
1: It is. Yes, it's just north of there.
0: Okay. So, and right
1: in the heart of the wine country.
0: I was gonna say. So you do you still have family back there? Do you get the opportunity to go back and kind of hang out up there every now and then?
1: I'm very, very fortunate. My whole family lives back there, and so I do get to go back a few times a year and visit and um, just kind of take it all in, my, a gorgeous
0: my, spot. My guess is those are summertime visits, mostly.
1: <laughs> you know, throughout the year. Yeah, we do summertime. Uh, we do some holidays, so we get a real uh, blend of, of the weather. We, we don't have a lot of uh, seasons here in Arizona, as you know, so um, it's nice to be able to go back and enjoy some of that
0: over there. For those of us that aren't super familiar with that part of Northern California, what is what is like a typical, you know, winter, spring, summer, fall like?
1: Well, the summer actually, um, just this year, actually is quite warm. It was in the 90s. And um, going into my favorite time of year in Sonoma County is in August, September because it's the crush season. So that's when all of the vineyards and trees, everything starts to change for fall you get some beautiful weather, but it gets chilly in the winter and it does rain a lot. Um, So, you know, you're getting getting down into sometimes freezing temperatures, not any snow right in Santa Rosa, but um, but cooler weather for sure.
0: Now, I've asked this question of a lot of my guests, and and, uh, I found that so far three out of one hundred and three knew early on in their lives that real estate was ahead for them. So I'll phrase it this way. Was the 14 year old Monica dreaming of a career as a realtor?
1: Oh my goodness. Uh, You know, I don't think so. I think at 14, I was solely focused on being the fastest fast pitch pitcher I could be. (laughs) I played Uh, softball for several years and I was not thinking about what I was going to be doing long-term with my life at that point, but um, I knew that it would be something that had some creativity to it.
0: Okay. You finish high school in the Santa Rosa area, but you end up going a little south for school, right?
1: I actually went um, a little bit inland, so north, uh, just north of Sacramento in a small town called Chico. Okay. And um, enjoyed a, a four and a half years there. And it's a tiny college town of 16,000 students and um, majored in journalism with a minor in business.
0: So what was the plan when you got out of school? What were you going to do?
1: My focus in journalism there was public relations. So I was uh, definitely focused on making sure I was going to be in public relations and marketing um, for quite a while. And uh, that's sort of what I jumped into uh, once I graduated and went back to Santa Rosa.
0: So you go back to Santa Rosa. Did you start then? What was your first job?
1: So I I was very lucky. I had um, a wonderful first job. I worked for the Santa Rosa Convention and Visitors Bureau, and we promoted the wine country. So we got to work with Visitors who came to town, we got to work with all the wineries, the restaurants, very lifestyle focused. So in retrospect, looking back, it was an amazing uh, first job experience to um, bring forward into the real estate space.
0: Heavily service oriented, right? You had to take care of not only, you had two kind of customers, right? One being the wineries, restaurants, the other being the, the visitors coming into town.
1: Correct. Yes. Yeah. So we were a part of the Chamber of Commerce in Santa Rosa. So when we worked with um you know the wineries the hotels all of the lifestyle um companies so to speak we would we would help visitors uh plan their trips we would do press tours with media who wanted to come in and experience the wine country and what it has to offer so it was very very service oriented and I started there working with all the visitors and um then I ended up when I left I was the director of communications for them so I did a lot with technology and um, you know, the web was newer back then. And so we were doing a lot of things with new website developments and uh, and PR. It was, it was a phenomenal opportunity for me.
0: Was there another step in, in your career where you stayed in that field before you got into real estate? Or what was that moment that kind of brought you to real estate?
1: There were, yes, there was another step. So I actually made a life uh, change or a move and Moved to Sausalito, California, which is just south of there, north of San Francisco. And um, But I happened to um, move jobs to another company in Santa Rosa. And uh, at the time, startup companies were really, really big. And Silicon Valley was um, just booming with opportunities. So I worked for what would be considered a Baby Bell. It was a smaller phone company in nine states. And it was business to business. And I uh, was in their marketing communications department. So it was completely different from visitor services, um, but we had to manage internal communications with all nine states and all of our locations and um, also put together uh, customer communications as well. So that was a, a great next step before I ended up moving to Arizona.
0: So your real estate career started when you got here?
1: It sure did. Yeah, When I first moved here, I worked for an Internet company and I was uh, doing SEO when SEO first started. Wow. Nobody knew what it was. Right. Um, but coincidentally, the internet company I worked for was also hospitality based, so we were doing it for all large, large hotel
0: chains. And what's that moment? What's that little trigger somewhere in your life that you kind of turn and look at somebody in your life and say, "You know what? I'm going to be a realtor." How does that happen?
1: I'm going to do this. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. So when we were living in Santa Rosa or in California, we started looking at Arizona as an investment opportunity. I think a lot of people do that, um, whether they're local here or from out of state. And the market was very healthy in that regard. And California was very expensive. So we would uh, come out and travel and visit the areas and look at real estate and started purchasing. And that happened over a several year period. And so at that point, I decided to get licensed and I was going to get out of what I was doing. And I really enjoyed it. it worked on referral the first few years just kind of handling our own business and some of our contacts who wanted to invest as well and just kind of fell in love. And I knew that with my background in hospitality and marketing, public relations, and all of that would really cater itself to real estate and servicing clients and understanding you know, the full need of somebody who's buying or selling. And so I took the leap and, and here I am.
0: Wow. So you, did you start with Russ Lyon from day one?
1: No, I didn't. When I was starting out as an investor, I worked for a small company in town and I wasn't full time at that point. But when I decided to go full time into the business, which was about 2008, this is my 15 year licensing anniversary this year. Um, I knew that I needed to be with a company that, you know, had a lot to offer from a market perspective and also a branding perspective. So that first company I was with was called Equitable. And Equitable became one of the, the – it was the youngest um, affiliation to Sotheby's at that time, uh, only being around for two years. So it was a, a group of maybe 300 agents, all very specialized in luxury, and, uh, and then we ended up merging with Rustline, and here we are.
0: So you, you live in and focus on North Scottsdale and, and mostly luxury properties. That, that has to be a very competitive market. Can you can you kind of just tell our listeners a little bit about what North Scottsdale is all about and 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 talk about just kind of um what it's like, you know, working in that arena?
1: Sure. Yeah, my my primary focus is Scottsdale Paradise Valley, mostly the northeast quadrant um of the valley, and we also do work with developers, so we have special programs for our developer clients as well. Um it is a competitive market. You know, we have a lot of agents here not every agent is equal, <laughs> but we have a lot of great agents that, that work in the marketplace here. And so it's really important to have your own competitive advantage. And, uh, you know, I truly believe there's enough business for everybody. But uh, the market right now is, is very much in what we would consider a normal market. We're growing at an average rate, depending on location, of about 3% right now. And so that's very good. You know, we've had times where it's been aggressive and much higher and times where it's been lower. So we're happy to see that at the moment. Um, But it's a great market to work in and certainly has an amazing lifestyle here with all the amenities that we have uh, outdoors and with golf and hiking and, um, you know, restaurants and shopping and nightlife. So it's it's really a well-rounded place to live.
0: I want to talk about one of your developments. Are you still working with Chateau on Central?
1: I am. I'm still working with Chateau on Central. Um, We have a few residences left that um, are really unique. And to have a five-story brownstone in the heart of Midtown Phoenix is Mm -hmm. one of those rare opportunities. You know, we don't see brownstones throughout Arizona too much, but um, really, really beautiful properties. And um, someone can come in and we have uh, properties that are turnkey, fully furnished and designed by professional interior designers. Or we have opportunities that they can come in and build out something to spec, so that they can, you know, create whatever it is that they're looking for.
0: Right. I had the opportunity to tour one of the units, um, and you're right—a five-story residence uh, with with retail on the ground floor is on some of the units, right?
1: You know, it, they're dual zoned, which is really unique, wow. in that our main level and lower are, are zoned commercial, and then our upper levels are zoned residential. Everyone that's currently occupying a home there is using the full residence as uh, as a home. But someone could do that. You could easily have a boutique or you could have a service business, an attorney, um, accountant, etc. Um they're really, really great. And uh they all have their own private commercial grade elevators. So for those that, you know, maybe you don't want to do stairs all day, they've got these wonderful elevators and uh, they each have two car garage and they're convenient to everything. Um you can really get uh down to you know sports, the sporting arenas, restaurants, shopping, all over town, very quickly from there.
0: Yeah, they're they're really cool. Anybody that's ever going through Phoenix, head up Central and find these places. Just 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 you can't get, miss them. <laughs> yeah, that from the outside. <laughs> they're awesome. So I, I mentioned, yeah,
1: they're really beautiful.
0: I mentioned in the opening that you know I've I've seen you at multiple Inman Connect uh, tech conferences, and it kind of makes sense when you talk about your past, you know, with your marketing background, and then combine that with the technology company that you work for as well. Talk about the importance for Inman for you.
1: You know, I'm definitely a a self-proclaimed nerd when it comes to technology. I just love it. I love learning all about new things, and um, it's changed so much uh, just in the marketing uh, space. And so, but Inman for me, I started going to Inman back in 2008, I believe, um, I've been to several Inman conferences and one of the things I think is so wonderful about going there is that you not only, you know, you get a big dose of technology, but you get a dose of energy. And, you know, real estate is, is such a great business, um, with varied hours and there's not a lot of time to, to put into all the extras and to really, you know, kind of refocus and spend the time on your, yourself and and, um, you know, finding out new ways to do things. And so Inman gives you that opportunity for the week to network and to, you know, kind of soak up what's new and latest and greatest and pick and choose those few things that might work for your business. But for me, I think the relationships that have evolved since then have been invaluable.
0: I agree with that. It's many, many times many guests on the podcast have talked about the uh, the conversations in the halls or the busy lobby uh, at the uh, Hilton, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. absolutely, yes. It's uh, it's very busy. It's it's hustling, bustling, and you know, I mean, I think at the end of the day, if you can meet agents from other states who are doing things really well, uh, it might translate for your own business, and and vice versa, and then we get to share ideas as well. So it's really a collaborative environment, which I like.
0: Let's talk about what you have built it, uh, with your with your team. You have, you have kind of a smaller team. Um, how did you build that? I do. Yeah, how did you go about figuring out you know what what was the right fit, and did you really look for specific roles, or was it more organic?
1: You know it was it was very organic when it happened. My team is small by design, uh, it's really myself. I have two other agents and a licensed operations person, and we you know work in tandem together, and so it's it's been wonderful i i was I still do work a lot a lot of hours as most agents who are full time do. And so the idea was to, you know, have one or two more people so that uh, we could maybe cut back from 70 hour a week <laughs> to try right. to have a little more quality of life at the same time. Um But um it works out really well. So in on our team, we have we do have specific roles. My my primary role is to handle all the marketing, the public relations, advertising. I take the lead on all that creative side. And um, and then my team members as well. We do things very differently. A lot of agents uh, don't do it this way, but we do 100% by appointment only with our listings. And a lot of that is because of the price points and the nature of care that we need to to be able to provide. So uh, we have to have bodies that you know are capable of going out and and doing our showings. Um, so all all of us are out day to day showing property and working with our luxury buyers and and doing those things. So we've kind of segmented. I'd say my team members probably handle more of our buyers than I do, um, because my plate is so full with the other strategy strategy planning and things like that. But it really is a is a great way to have again some more collaboration, you have people to bounce ideas off of. You know, we are always looking at opportunities. Someone that's a perfect fit for our team, you know, in my opinion, is somebody who is certainly professional but also committed to the business as much as we are, and um, we've had uh, a couple of other people at, at some point on our team and they've been fantastic. And, you know, one had retired and another one uh, left for another personal reason, but it, it's hard to, to build a good solid team. I know that a lot of teams out there uh, bring people in and people bounce in and out. And, and we've been really diligent about not doing that. Um, Cause we care about our brands and we want the quality level to be there. So, um, but it's been a great experience so far.
0: And you're you're doing some additional things. You started another company, right, with a partner. Explain that to the audience.
1: I did. You know, my being in real estate, of course, we love homes. We love working with clients. My my passion is marketing and public relations. And so, um, because of our business growing, and because we were working with more developers, I felt the need to partner up and, and start a company that would help support the creative side. So. We, I started a a company with a longtime friend and uh, we have a luxury event planning, branding and marketing company. And the whole purpose of that was to be able to take a project or take a home and um, say, hey, we need to do something different and unique in the marketplace. And here's the concept and then be able to have our other company fill that need for us. So help put on those events, help do all the public relations, help. Put a brand together for, uh, we even provide branding to developers. Maybe they don't have a team yet in place. And it's been very beneficial because some of these, uh, clients, they have to hire several different companies. They have to hire a sales team and a marketing company, and then they have to hire a public relations firm where we can provide all of that in one fell swoop and we can create and scale to whatever the needs are. So that saves them money and then saves them time. And so it's really, uh, um, I think integral too, for sales, when you're selling something, you need to believe in it and you need to understand that culture of what that's going to be. So we launched that company. It's called Luso Lux and um, it's been great. We've had the pleasure of working with several um, developers, builders, um, private clients, Um, you name it, we can do it. So it's, it's been a lot of fun.
0: It almost sounds like it was just, it's really an offshoot of what you've been doing for your luxury clients for the last, you know, 10, 15 years, you're able to kind of you know, parlay that into something that uh, is able to help other people as well. That's, that's a great idea.
1: It's been, it's been phenomenal. One, you know, one, just one example of a project um, which, you know, is the perfect fit for something like this is with the Chateau. Uh, for example, we had a uh, design challenge that was a 12 month project and that entailed working with the top end interior designers in town, working with our architects, working with our builder. And there was a lot of, um, we had three designers that were chosen. So there was a year-long construction project, some major, major events. We had uh, at our last event, we had 565 people, you know, launching these. So there's a lot of components and um it's great to have those ideas, but to try and do that solo, it's just not really possible. So um having Lisa Lux there as the partner in that was incredible because we could all work together and it really was a, a great success. We're very proud of that.
0: Let's talk about social media for a second. It's here. It's not going anywhere. Talk about how you not going anywhere. No. Talk about how you and the team are using social in your business.
1: So we use, you know, we are of course need to be on all the platforms. Um, I would say primarily we use our Facebook business page. We use Instagram a lot. Um, My team is definitely getting starting to get more involved. I started Twitter back in Inman. You know, I guess it was 2008 when I, like I said earlier. Um, so that was a lot of fun. So, you know, we're building our different audiences throughout these different platforms. Uh, one of our strategies for that is to be as organic as possible. You know, I know a lot of times people will follow to follow, uh, but but we really try to be very organic and provide great content. And, uh, you know, we found that it can work very, very well. Uh, our, our last uh, success story, I guess, to share would be on Facebook on our business page we had had the opportunity to list a beautiful lot in Silverleaf in North Scottsdale. And I posted something about it. It wasn't on the market yet. It was coming. And I had within an hour, I had it sold and I represented both the buyer and the seller. And so that was really a great opportunity and a great example of how powerful it can be. Um, he, the other uh, client was a builder and he happened to see it, and was very, very interested. And and we made that come together. So, you know, we use it. I use it every day. I'm on Instagram probably the most because it allows me to share stories. It allows me to post pictures when I'm showing a property. I can post a little something about that property so people can kind of experience different parts of of living and um, interact with us. It's been great.
0: Yeah, I was going to say the the market you're in lends itself to pictures very well. And uh, so I totally get the Instagram angle um, very makes makes a lot of sense. Let's let me let me go back to your marketing background for a minute cuz it it really is intriguing that you with with not even thinking of real estate, you know, to to build up that whole that whole knowledge base about the that operation that process, let's call it. Uh it definitely has to help you. I'm just going to guess it helps in a listing presentation.
1: You know, we're very very fortunate. It absolutely does. Having the understanding of of that side of of business is invaluable. And especially when that's your passion, you know, I could talk about it for hours. I could brainstorm for hours. Um, Going into listing appointment, you know, we're very fortunate we we go in and present our materials and talk about ideas and, and it's very, um, you know, authentic. And so people sense that and they feel there's an immediate comfort level there because they know we understand what we're talking about and you know our specialties in luxury so we we understand the affluent market very well we've always been about brand and lifestyle and so and then also having that background on on the uh, internal side you know when it comes to social media or print advertising or anything else online that we're doing you know it's so so important to make sure that the message is consistent and i think a lot of times we see it all the time that you know, agents, maybe they don't have as much experience in that area and it's not their, their fault or, um, you know, maybe they just don't have the resources, but there's inconsistencies. And so people don't see that brand across the platform. And so it's really important to make sure that, you know, if you're branding yourself, you need to do it in every facet of, of your business. Um, so I think that consistency as well is very helpful to us and people recognize us. They, they know our ads. They know our logo you know, they, they immediately say, okay, you know, we know who you guys are. So that's been very, very helpful right. to have that background.
0: Right. What, what percentage of your business comes from referral based business, you know, sphere slash referral versus, cause you do, you do play a little bit in online lead generation, correct?
1: You know, we do a little bit. Yes. Okay. We um, typically have been mostly referral. Um, we, we play a little bit in print. We play a little bit online. You know we're looking at different things online because things are changing, and so we want to make sure that we're you know providing what we need to for our clients but also uh, getting in front of the right people that that we want to work with so um we do we we've we've tried you know various things from Facebook to adworks to you know different different companies that are um, have helped us place ads in the past and when it comes to print, you know everyone says, print is dead, print is dead, it's not dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's still very much alive, but I think it's very important to be strategic in what you're advertising in and making sure that there's a return on investment there and that you're targeting the right audience. I think as agents, we get bombarded with opportunities and sometimes it's overwhelming. So just knowing what's a, a good investment and maybe not a good investment is, is very helpful to the bottom line and um also helpful to support what we do
0: well Monica I've had you here the half hour that I asked you so I'm gonna I want to give you the final question I've given every guest since we started the podcast a couple of years ago and that's if you could give one piece of advice to a new agent just getting started what would that be
1: only one oh my goodness um well, there's way too many marketing ideas. I would just say, well, can I say two things? <laughs> sure, you can have. Two. I would say be consistent and answer your phone. So go ahead and talk service, about. Service, that. service,
0: Talk about the phone part for a second. <laughs> what that means to you?
1: What that means to me is answer your phone. If your phone's ringing, you need to answer your phone. People want to get a live body. They don't want to get voicemail all day long. And you know, there's certainly a time and a place where. Maybe it's not appropriate if you're sitting in a listing appointment or you're with a buyer, but um, do your best to answer your phone as much as possible. If you do, you'll be surprised at how many people say, wow, I actually got someone on the phone because agents don't do it. So that separates you from the rest. Uh,
0: Monica, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: They can either call me at 480-420-4589 or email me at Monica at monsonluxurygroup.com.
0: Monica, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. I really appreciate it. I mean, I'm so happy that I finally got you on the show. I know I had to move to Florida to do it, but I'm glad. I'm glad we were able to have this time together.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.